Ray Brown's Talking Birds. Made possible by the generous support of the Birdwatchers General Store, Orleans, Cape Cod. Birdwatchersgeneralstore.com. By Vortex Optics. With the VIP warranty, their unlimited lifetime promise to keep you and your optic covered. Learn more at vortexoptics.com. And Beautio Books, an independent, family-owned bookstore carrying one of the largest selections of birding books in the world. Beautiobooks.com. And by Ocean State Bird Club. We're running new online talks about topics like owls and cuckoos to enhance your birding skills. Learn more by following us on Facebook and on our website, OceanStateBirdClub.org. Good morning. Welcome to our show, number 818. Well, many, if not most of us, are still kind of isolated compared to normal times, so it's always nice to receive messages and letters and postcards, especially audio postcards. And we have a new one, direct from our Talking Birds team member in Tuscaloosa. Hey everyone, it's Freya McGregor here. Um, I'm standing outside my house in Tuscaloosa, Alabama. And there is a huge flock of common grackles, all in um, about five or six different trees. They just showed up and I was sitting um, in the front room and my husband had said this morning, there was a bunch of birds making noise this morning, it was weird. And I heard this racket and <laughs> there's like, um, well there's definitely more than a hundred birds. I'm not super good at estimating large numbers, but common grackles, gloss, beautiful glossy black birds, their heads are kind of greeny blue, really white eye. And they're just, I've, we've lived here for three months and I've never seen even a flock of three of these birds in our neighborhood and there's suddenly this, this huge flock. That's crazy. <laughs> All right, bye. That's our Freya McGregor, understandably excited about the beauty and sheer numbers of common grackles in her backyard down there in Tuscaloosa, Alabama. Well, speaking of grackles, a couple of weeks ago, we presented a Science Corner feature about a study involving great-tailed grackles, when and how often they blink. The researchers put helmet-mounted miniature cameras on the birds, and some listeners commented on our Facebook post about it that maybe this helmet thing was harmful to the birds. So we checked into this and confirmed that for any research involving animals to be conducted by a university, stringent ethics approval is required. Researchers have to convince an ethics committee that no harm will come to the animals and that there is a beneficial reason for undertaking the research. Although the helmets on the grackles' heads look pretty bizarre, for sure, it does seem very unlikely that any harm came to the birds as part of the study. That research was conducted, by the way, at Texas A&M University, and they have outlined their ethics approval process on their website. Here's some cool bird movement news from the folks at BirdCast. They tell us that the next few weeks in northeastern North America will bring good conditions for avian vagrants from Europe, including species like northern lapwing. 
And that's following on some cool sightings this past fall that included the common cuckoo that many of us here in New England got to see when it visited Rhode Island. Birdcast also points out that some neotropical migrants, like Purple Martins, for example, are already on the move here in early February, and that the first hints of spring migration should be seen soon. Extra, extra, read all about it. Here are some of the stories and videos we have for you right now on our TalkingBirds.com website and on our Facebook page. Everything you need to know about the Great Backyard Bird Count, which will take place February 12th through the 15th, and we'll link you to it. Why Hawaii is the epicenter of the avian extinction crisis. We'll get you to that story by our friends at birdwatchingdaily.com. And courtesy of the Cornell Labs All About Birds, our Wednesday webcam feature takes you to Ontario, Canada, where the feeders are frequented by pine grosbeaks and evening grosbeaks, along with numerous other species, including a ruffed grouse. Those are some of the stories and videos on our TalkingBirds.com website and on our Facebook page right now. By the way, if you'd like to chat with and maybe exchange photos, videos, and general observations with other Talking Birds listeners, we think we have a pretty good way for you to do it. Just look on Facebook for Talking Birds Flock, and you'll find a couple of hundred listeners of the show waiting for you there. That's the Talking Birds Flock on Facebook. In our conservation corner, we might call this the conservation clarification of the week. It's a story that points out that despite what naysayers may suggest, electric cars really are cleaner and may in the long run actually be cheaper to own than internal combustion engine cars. The New York Times cites a recent MIT study which says that electric cars are easily more climate friendly than gas burning ones and that takes the manufacture and electric power sources of the cars into account as well. And that over their lifetime, electric cars often end up being cheaper to own. They base that latter point on the dramatically lower maintenance costs of electric vehicles and the substantially lower cost of electricity compared with using gasoline. And we might add that the resale values of electric vehicles have become comparable in many cases to gasoline-powered cars, and that is becoming increasingly so as battery technology continues to improve now at a rapid pace. And boy, are they fun to drive. And that leads us to a closely related conservation salute of the week to the car drivers of Norway. That's not the name of a musical group, it's just the car drivers of Norway, who have stepped up in big numbers to lead the world in the transition to electric vehicles, as demonstrated by the fact, this is pretty amazing, that slightly more than 8 out of 10 of the new cars purchased in Norway in 2019 were plug-in electric cars. 8 out of 10. And not hybrids, pure electric automobiles. We salute you. 
car drivers of Norway. And now we present our Inauthenticity Award, or maybe we should call it the Dodo Award. It goes to the folks who make those Liberty Mutual Insurance TV commercials. You know, the ones with the Statue of Liberty in the background? Well, their latest shows a guy sitting on a bench and a gull lands next to him. But what kind of gull? Keep in mind, this is supposed to be New York Harbor. Well, the Talking Birds Avian Investigation Department reveals that the bird is a silver gull. Laris Novi Hollandai, a common gull of Australia. We've confirmed that, by the way, with our awesome Aussie, Freya McGregor from Melbourne. I mean, it's bad enough when movie makers show images of eagles and then play the sound of a red-tailed hawk as their call. But we have some pretty good gulls here in North America, right? Couldn't one of them gotten the part in the commercial? Well, I think probably there's only one bird that sounds like that, at least here in North America. It's our mystery bird. And our mystery bird contest will come along in just a little bit. But this is a preview, trying to get you ready for this. That very distinctive-sounding mystery bird is a stocky and well-camouflaged denizen of dense reed beds. It breeds over much of the northern U.S. and Canada and winters mostly in the southeastern states and along the Gulf Coast down into Mexico. Our bird is a medium-sized, stocky wading bird with a thick neck and bill covered in brown, tan, and white stripes and feeding on insects, fish, crustaceans, amphibians, reptiles, and small mammals. A lot of stuff there. That's our mystery bird. Preview of our contest coming along in just a little bit and a beautiful Droll Yankees feeder. This is a this is a really cool new one. It's the new generation metal finch suck. Has a beautiful yellow top and base and offers the attraction of a finch sock with the durability of metal, and its design has been proven to attract up to double the usual number of birds. It can be hung or pole-mounted. It's the new generation metal finch sock from Droll Yankees, makers of the world's best bird feeders, and that'll be the prize on this morning's mystery bird contest uh, coming along in just a little bit. A royal salute here to new Talking Birds ambassadors. They are listeners who are helping us to spread the word about birds and conservation through our show. And uh, what we do is we just send out some of our little Talking Birds info cards to ambassadors, and they hand them out or send them out to friends and neighbors and fellow birders at their leisure. That's how the Talking Birds ambassadors family thing goes. And we'd like to say thank you and welcome to Lisa Durst, from Dublin, California. And Lisa says, while I look forward to listening to the new shows, I've been going back to many of your old ones so that I can continue learning about birds. One question I have is, why aren't there any cardinals in California? Well, more about that in a moment, but thank you so much, Lisa. Uh, for the question and for becoming a Talking Birds ambassador. And thank you to Tanya Mason from Fort Lauderdale, Florida. She kindly says that she's ecstatic to be a Talking Birds ambassador and looks forward to receiving her cards and doing her part to spread the love 
and cause of birds. Thank you so much, Tanya. We'd like to invite all Talking Birds listeners to become Talking Birds ambassadors. Really easy to do, as we've described, and we hope you'll uh, do it. Just go to our website, TalkingBirds.com, and go to the Get Involved tab right at the top of the homepage. Still to come on our show today, since we're only a week away from Valentine's Day, our Let's Ask Mike segment with Mr. Mike O'Connor will focus on birds that mate for life. Meanwhile, in answer to Lisa's question about why there aren't cardinals in California, uh, maybe the short answer is that their range just hasn't extended that far west, at least so far. However, we've been reading that northern cardinals have been introduced into southern California and to Hawaii as well. A website called chirper.com says that although the small population of northern cardinals in California has been present for some time, it is in danger of disappearing due to habitat loss. That's a sad and familiar story for many, many bird species. Habitat loss along now with climate change is perhaps the biggest threat to bird survival. In any case, up next we'll present a cardinal relative that's found almost as far west as California as today's featured feathered friend Presented by Birdwatching Magazine. For more than a quarter century, Birdwatching has been North America's premier magazine about wild birds and birding. Pyroloxia. It sounds like a painful condition of some sort, or maybe a medicine to treat that condition. But it's neither of those things. It's a songbird. a southwestern close relative of the northern cardinal. The Pyroloxia looks a lot like the northern cardinal, although its body is mostly gray with red highlights on its wings, tail, face, belly, and on its long, jaunty crest. And it has a parrot-like bill. While the northern cardinal occurs over much of the U.S. from Maine to parts of Arizona, most of the Pyroloxia's primary range is in Arizona, West Texas and New Mexico. Consistent with its nickname, the Desert Cardinal, the Pyroloxia is generally found in desert scrublands, foraging on the ground and in shrubbery for seeds, fruits, and large insects. Its territories sometimes overlap with the Northern Cardinal, although the Cardinals are usually found in wetter areas. Pyroloxias tend to be fiercely territorial but in the winter, they join up in big foraging flocks, sometimes containing a thousand individuals. That name, Pyroloxia, combines its genus and species names, which mean flame-colored and crooked. A pretty good description of this bird with its bright red markings and its stubby, seed-crushing bill. It's Cardinalis sinuatus, the Pyroloxia. Today's Talking Birds featured Feathered Friend. Thanks again for being with us. It's our show number 818. 
By the way, we hoped to have Karina Newsom as a guest on our show today, uh, both to talk about her experience as one of the founders of Black Birders Week and about her recently completed master's degree research on seaside sparrows down in Georgia. Well, we weren't able to make that happen today, but she will be with us in a couple of weeks. And so will Melissa Haftig, who has created a young birders program up in Vancouver, British Columbia. And our own Freya McGregor will also be a guest here very soon to talk about things like inclusivity in birding. Ahead here on Talking Birds in February. And up next here, it's our mystery bird contest in just one minute. The flutter of a tail feather, the flash of a wing bar in mid-flight. You don't always have a lot of time to identify a bird in nature, let alone to appreciate its beauty. But with Vortex Optics, you'll have the power to bring every wild moment closer. When you choose Vortex, you're choosing to have a partner in the field as passionate about nature as you are. Whether you're spotting old friends on the backyard feeder or packing for a once-in-a-lifetime trip to cross a few species off your life list, Vortex offers a full range of optics and optics accessories for every birder and every budget. And whether the birds are taking you to another state or another country, you're always covered by the Vortex VIP warranty, an unlimited lifetime promise to keep you and your optic covered. If you want to learn more, or if you need help choosing your next optic, give Vortex a call at 1-800-4-VORTEX or visit vortexoptics.com. There it is, the very distinctive sound of our mystery bird, a well-camouflaged denizen of dense reed beds that breeds over much of the northern U.S. and Canada and winters mostly in the southeastern states and along the Gulf Coast and down into Mexico. It's a medium-sized, stocky wading bird with a thick neck and bill, covered in brown, tan, and white stripes, and feeding on insects and fish and crustaceans and amphibians and reptiles and small mammals. That's the bird, and our prize is the beautiful new, new-generation metal finch sock from Droll Yankees with a beautiful yellow top and base that offers the attraction of a finch sock with the durability of metal and a unique design that makes it more attractive to birds and easier for them to feed. can be hung or pole mounted. It's our prize. And the number to call is this one, 781-837-4900. That's 781-837-4900. We uh, urge you to call as soon as possible. Uh, so we can complete our mystery bird contest. 781-837-4900 is the number. Just a reminder, too, again, if you're not hearing our show live and would like to, so that you could enter our mystery bird contest, for example. It's easy to do. Just go to TalkingBirds.com and uh, click the Listen button there. It's easy to find our live broadcast, which is aired, by the way, on Sunday mornings from 9.30 to 10 Eastern. A week before Valentine's Day, Mike has some comments uh, appropriate for that fact. That's on Let's Ask Mike Live in just one minute. Beauty O Books carries one of the largest selections of birding books in the world. New, used, and rare books covering everything from backyard birding to general ornithology. From field guides to photography skills, biography, fiction, and humor. 
You'll find it all along with the knowledgeable customer service you've been looking for in one convenient place. Beautyobooks.com. B-U-T-E-O. Beautyobooks.com. My name is Kim Hillis, and I'm from Little Rock, Arkansas. I became a Talking Birds ambassador because it's a wonderful way to share with colleagues, neighbors, friends, and even those that you don't know, the beauty of birds and nature. Talking Birds listeners, we hope you'll join our ambassadors family. Just visit our website, click on Get Involved at the top of the homepage, and then choose the Become an Ambassador option at TalkingBirds.com. Join today, and thanks. We connect now to Cape Cod, and there is Mr. Romance himself, Mike O'Connor, at the uh, famous Birdwatcher's General Store. Uh, that, was, that was my nickname in college, Ray, by the way. Birdwatcher's General Store? No, oh. Mr. Romance. Oh, Mr. Romance. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, you think I didn't know that? I mean, everybody, yeah, yeah, everybody knew knows that. that. I used to live on Cape Cod, Mike, so I know all that stuff. Oh, that's right. Yeah, you forget. That was famous. You know, I, and here's something I didn't know, that Talking Birds had its own aviation investigation department. I didn't know that. You know, I had forgotten that myself. We have so many departments here that, you know, you can't remember them all. But, yeah, of course we have. have <laughs> Why wouldn't yeah, you? Exactly. Yeah. So, okay. Well, thanks for calling. <laughs> yeah, there was a topic here somewhere. We're a week ahead of Valentine's Day, and being Mr. Romance, you, co- of course, would be, uh, you know, early rather than late. Uh, for Valentine's Day. Oh, no, so, no kidding. Well, I was yeah. just wrapping my wife's uh, heart-shaped suet feeder that I was getting her for, <laughs> for Valentine's wow. Day. Wow, just birds. what she wanted. Yeah? <laughs> Those are popular, by the way. Yeah. Um, you know, birds, a lot, of, a lot of people like the idea of birds mating for life. Some do, some don't. Or, yeah. or, but when you think about it, birds' uh, courtship rituals aren't much different than ours. You know, we, we traditionally will bring each other food like you know, historically, men will bring a box of candy, but birds will do that. They'll bring a treat to their prospective uh, spouse. Mm-hmm. You know, the cardinals will bring a sunflower seed to, to its mate. Um, mice will bring a, a mice. <laughs> Owls will bring a mouse <laughs> to its mate, which is, you know, you know, maybe as good as candy. I'm not really oh, yeah, sure. Yeah, that is romantic. No, a dead mouse. Oh, come on. <laughs> you can't get better yeah. than that. And sometimes they'll drop it, or sometimes they'll actually feed put the food in there, which maybe not during the pandemic anymore, but they used to, they'll drop the, <laughs> drop the food down. And then they, there's dancing, of course. You, we've all seen cranes dancing. I wish I could mm-hmm. dance that well. Mm-hmm. Some even dance in water, right? Western Greaves, you see those the old Disney cart, not cartoons, but uh, nature movies about the Western Greaves yeah. running across the water. Those are spectacular to they, see. They're crazy, wow. right, yeah. right. Yeah, yeah, I can't do that either. Jeez, how'd you get to be so romantic? Uh, well, we probably shouldn't go into that. Uh, <laughs> the show's not long. Not on a Sunday morning. And oh, they hold hands. How about this? Bald eagles, right? They fly high above it, really soar up together, and then they grasp each other's talons. And you ever see that footage where they spiral down? Oh, yeah. I thought that was when they were fighting, but maybe it's a little of both. I don't no, know. I, yeah, no, I no, think it's a, it's a mating it's ritual. It's a mating thing, okay. A mating yeah. ritual, yeah. yeah. And, yeah. Then, and then, of course, there's... Kissing, you know, mm. can we say that on the t- on, on the radio? I don't know. I think but you can the say kissing it. Kissing is a puffins. They yeah. do that billing where they just kind of touch each other's bill and oh. back and forth. Yeah. It's 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 uh it's, it's all kind of similar to us. Yeah. But when it comes to marriage, again, it's similar to us. Yeah. Some birds are together forever. Swans, uh, geese. 
believe it or not, owls, they, they get one mate and they say with macaws. Macaws don't even leave each other's side once they pick a mate. Wow. They spend all day, all night, year-round. Then there's other birds that, that mate for life, like albatross, but they don't see each other all year. They meet on the breeding grounds, and then they take off and they spend uh, the rest of the year thousands of miles oh, apart. Yeah. But every year, boom. That reminds me of, uh, do you remember uh, Steve and Edie? Uh, Gourmet? Uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. Steve and Edie. Uh, Steve, uh, what was his name, though? It was Steve uh, something and Edie Gourmet. But anyway, they lived. They were married for decades, and people said, how did you do that? And they said, well, we never see each other. So it's easy. <laughs> yeah. Well, it was Steve uh, uh, Albatross. Steve Lawrence. Uh, Steve Lawrence. Steve Lawrence. Steve Lawrence Albatross. Yeah, exactly. And then... Um, you know, there's some birds that just kind of one and done one season. Robins, for sure. Mm -hmm. You know, they're together for the season, but then they then they drift apart and then they hook up with something. Else. And there's some birds that are just, uh, you know, real players like hummingbirds or blackbirds. They have several mates wow. in the course of the summer. So you know, those those are the ones that are out there. Those are the ones that are you know that have a gold chain yes. around their neck and cologne. <laughs> yeah, the pinky ring. They got that. <laughs> And then there's divorce. Even oh. even a good pair, even a good mm -hmm. solid pair of birds will get a divorce. Uh, if they, for, for whatever reason, but oftentimes when they just aren't successful mating, because really it's not about uh, true love. It's about uh, keeping the species going. Yeah, and if they don't, if they don't, if they're unsuccessful, then, the, you know, sorry, pal, we, yeah. we're moving on. That's it. All right. There's yeah. all these variations. There's polygamy and there's polyamory and there's polyandry. And there's one, I don't know if you knew about this one, Mike. No, tell me what this one is, This Ray. is only for parrots. It's called polywana crackery. I don't know if you've <laughs> heard of that one, but... Okay. You know, can I write that? You know, you're going to have to launch the aviation investigation department to get more well, we, information. We have know. another department for that, but... I'll <laughs> well, okay. happy uh, Valentine's Day, everybody. Happy Valentine's Day. A week early to you, Mike. And we'll see All you right. next week. You got it. Mike O'Connor there at the famous Bird Watchers General Store on Cape Cod. In the January-February issue of Bird Watching Magazine, read about new discoveries scientists have made tracking birds. A photographer's reflections on a special birding site in New York City. David Sibley's tips for finding exciting water birds in winter and much more on newsstands now. We're back to the uh, mystery bird contest and that very distinctive sounding bird, that well-camouflaged denizen of dense reed beds. It's our mystery bird, and the number here for the contest is 781-837-4900. That's 781-837-4900. And Caroline is in nearby Hummer Rock, Massachusetts. Good morning, Caroline. Good morning. Good morning. Uh, happy Valentine's Day to you, Caroline. Uh, and uh, happy uh, Valentine's uh, Day to you. I know it's a week early, but it's okay, right, to say it a, a week early, I think? Oh, certainly. Yeah, I thought so. All right. Well, what do you say about the mystery bird, Caroline? I'd say it's a brown egret. A brown egret. I love those brown egrets. I've never seen a brown egret, but, you know, they might be out there somewhere. But, Caroline, that wasn't exactly what we were looking for, but we appreciate the the uh, the answer anyway. Well, always, yeah. always nice listening to your show. Oh, thank you so much, Caroline. All right, not a brown egret. Let's see what John in Situate Mass uh, might have to say. Are you there, John? Yes, yes. Yes, um, uh, not a brown egret, but what do you think it is, John? Uh, the American bittern. American bittern is exactly correct, but you knew that. 
Well, I've seen a couple of them down in um, Florida. Uh-huh. They're very hard to find. Yes, they are. Well kept. Always excited when we see them. They're so difficult to to pick out. Yeah, it is. It is hard to see them, but uh, but uh, it's cool to cool to do it. And John, uh, stay on the line. We'll we'll get your info and uh, I'll send you that beautiful prize. Great, thank you. All right. Well, next week on our show, we will have the amazing David Clapp. That's C-L-A-P-P, but that's okay. David deserves applause for all the great work that he has done uh, low, for many years. A little low effort from the studio audience there, but that's okay. <laughs> At least one person was enthused. We have to have a small audience these days. You know how that works. That's true, yeah. Well, David will be here with us to give an update and overview of all the wintering finches. Um, finding our feeders, brightening our backyards in the lower 48 this winter. Uh, but meanwhile, we are out of time. Thanks so much for being with us. Uh, an early happy Valentine's Day to all, and see you next week. Ray Brown's Talking Birds. Made possible by the generous support of the Bird Watchers General Store, Orleans, Cape Cod. BirdWatchersGeneralStore.com By Vortex Optics With the VIP warranty Their unlimited lifetime promise To keep you and your optic covered Learn more at VortexOptics.com And Beautio Books An independent, family-owned bookstore Carrying one of the largest selections Of birding books in the world BeautioBooks.com And by Ocean State Bird Club We're running new online talks about topics like owls and cuckoos to enhance your birding skills. Learn more by following us on Facebook and on our website, OceanStateBirdClub.org.